Hello, and welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. This is session two of the Subscriptions for Authors Summit, a virtual summit that took place in May of 2023, featuring 12 incredible speakers, all sharing their insights to help you start and grow your subscriptions. This one is from Reese Barden. She's an amazing romance author who just has crushed it in subscriptions. She's incredible. And you're going to really enjoy this session because it's so practical, yet chock full of insights. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you want more sessions like this, we're going to be uploading the other 10 sessions on this podcast feed. In fact, they're probably already uploaded by the time that you're listening to this. And if you want to look at all the transcripts, you can find them in the description below. And of course, if you want more summit sessions just like this, we're actually doing a summit in 2024. Subscriptions for Authors Summit 2024. It'll be in person. And we also have a virtual edition. You can find information about it in the first link in the description. We'd love to see you there. But anyways, enough of me. Let's get in to this session. Without further ado, we're going to get into this session with Reese Varden. First of all, we had you on the podcast, I want to say two months ago. And it was one of my yeah, it was February. Yeah. My favorite episodes. I was just like, you are brilliant. All because you have this really unique mindset around starting your subscription, which is making it simple and easy on yourself, which us authors, we like the sound of it, but we're not always good at that. We sometimes make things challenging for ourselves. So we're going to learn today from Reese how we can get our subscription started the stress-free way. And a little bit about Reese is that she's a steamy paranormal romance author who has grown her subscription from over zero to 150 patrons in exactly as many days. So that's just super, super impressive. And Reese, I'll hand the floor off to you. This is going to be a lot of fun. And once again, thank you everyone for being here. Great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And great to see you again. And it's great to see so many people there. I recognize some of the names from the paranormal chat that we had last night and from the group. So hopefully you'll find this useful. As Michael said, I write a steamy paranormal romance. I am a newbie author. So my first book was published around this time last year. And my fifth book is out in a few weeks. So I'm quite new to this. I don't have a huge giant following. I'm not a full-time author. I don't have a team of people to promote or to make wonderful graphics or anything like that for me. So this is focused on how to do it, how to start it without causing yourself massive stress and being completely overwhelmed. If like me, after listening to Amelia's earlier chat and previous talks about her subscription. I know when I started looking at the group, I was hugely motivated, hugely enthusiastic about it, but I didn't really know where to start. And especially when you don't have very much time. So what I'm going to cover off today is how I did that and how it's not a blueprint because everybody's situation is going to be completely different, but you might find some tips in there that might help you or just some things to think about if you are starting yours or have just recently started and maybe you're a little bit not sure about where you're going with it. Might be some help. First, I'll give you a bit more background about where I started off. So as I said, I'm a newbie author. I wrote a book uh, during pandemic and for fun, I said, okay, I'm going to see if anybody reads this and I'm going to get some feedback on whether it's absolute rubbish. So I put it up on Wattpad and it did quite well. So it went up to about a million chapter reads within a few months. So then I said, okay, maybe I'll see if people would pay to read it because maybe if it's free, anybody's going to read it. So maybe I'll get a better sense of whether it's any good if I put it up somewhere where you actually have to pay so I applied for Radish and I put it up there. And the rest, as they say, is history. It actually took off quite well there. And all of my books to date have probably about 7 million chapter reads on Radish. So I have a good following there. When I started that, I had no author infrastructure. So I had no Instagram, no Facebook page, no website none of that. So once that started to take off, I threw all those things up quite quickly to try and capture anybody who would be interested in following me. And I think that's 
the key thing here is that all of these people, be it readers on Amazon, readers on Apple, readers on Radish, they are the platforms customers or the retailers customers, and we want to make them our customers. You want to have that direct relationship. You want to be able to talk to them without having to go through a website or be censored by a website. And so it's really important to drive that, to drive those connections off those platforms and into something that you can control. Be that newsletters, Instagram, which is a little bit more because especially I write steamy. So you always have this fear that your social media accounts are going to get shut down. So newsletters a little bit safer and subscription as well just gives you that direct contact where you can send the messages, have a bit of back and forth, have a bit of fun with it. So I really like the idea of that. All of my books, once I push them up on uh, serialized platforms and they're finished, then I publish them all wide. So I have two streams of customers. I have my serialized readers and then I have people who are buying the books, ebooks on Amazon. So I've got those two separate streams and I suppose I'm trying to drive all of those towards the subscription or as many of them as I can, but in two slightly different ways. With both, what I've done is, so as Michael mentioned there, when I set up the subscription in October, it has done quite well. I think I'm up to nearly 200 patrons at this stage, which is fantastic in kind of seven or eight months. I wasn't expecting that. And one of my favorite things about the platform and about serializing fiction is that interaction. So you're getting that feedback. They're like a whole team of beta readers. They're saying, oh, this is great. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, I would have preferred if you got together with this person or X, Y, Z. And I love it. The messing back and forth. I put in horrific cliffhangers at the end of my chapters. I know Amelia was talking about this. I'm really mean. And we always have great fun after a a real doozy. I'll get loads of people going, oh, that's just evil. And you can have a bit of back and forth and it's great. And so I think for people who are on the fence about it, there's that aspect as well as the money side of it. It can be great fun, but you really just need to make sure that you can do it in a way that is manageable for you. And for me, that meant doing it in the most straightforward and effective both cost and time way that I could think of. So I was eager, I was motivated. So I did what everybody else does in that situation. And I stalked everybody else who I could find that was doing well. So I was on Amelia's site. I was on other paranormal romance authors sites. And I was looking at everything that they do. And of course, I want to be doing it all. I saw book boxes. I saw audio I was talking to somebody there recently and they were getting their favorite voice actor to do just scenes and I was like oh it's such a good idea because it's not going to cost as much and then I have to give myself a reality check because too many ideas too little time and I needed to just do something that would be manageable for me and as one of the things Amelia is constantly saying under promise and over deliver you last thing you want to do is commit yourself to things that you're just not going to be able to maintain in the long run so what I'll do is I'm going to tell you what worked for me first of all and you can take it from there and we'll move into Q&A then at the end so general things first I'm not going to spend too long on this because I know Amelia has covered a lot of this already in her talk engage with your readers where they are if they're not on Twitter, there's no point posting about your subscription on Twitter. You need to be engaging with them on serialized fiction platforms, Facebook groups, whatever it is, and answer any comments that you can. Some of you are way ringer than me and that's not gonna be possible, but if you can even just respond with a like to all the comments that you get and build those deeper connections. That's how you build trust. That's how you build those, create those super fans who will, want to read whatever you are reading. I saw an, a post in, I think it was TL Swan's Facebook group and one of her readers sent her a message saying something like, I'd read 
are if you wrote a haiku drunk on a napkin I'd pay for it and I was like though that's a super fan you could just write whatever you want and that person is just like automatically buying it and it's not about the money but that is just about trust that they just know that whatever she puts out they're going to love and that's what you want to get to so you want to build those relationships you want those people to feel that they have that connection with you and then know that they're going to get more of that if they sign up for your subscription, you're taking it up to that next level. And that doesn't necessarily, sorry, one thing, that doesn't mean you have to share your life because I know some people are afraid of that. I'm very private. I don't show my face anywhere. My face isn't on any of my books. It's not on my social media. It's not on my Facebook page. I'm in a really boring, conservative corporate job. Even outside of that, I don't think I've ever mentioned my kids anywhere. You can have engagement with people without telling them your life history and giving away personal details that you want you can still get that closeness by interacting in the comments you don't have to tell them what you had for breakfast it doesn't have to be like that you can preserve whatever level of privacy that you want the other thing not all readers are going to want subscriptions it's just the way it is some people love their kindle they stuff their kindle that's the only way they want to read they want to binge it in one night subscriptions potentially are not for them doesn't mean they love you any less and you just have to be realistic in the amount of people that you're going to be able to convert again I'm a newbie there's going to be a cap on the number of people who a know about me and b are willing or able to pay for a subscription so you have to be realistic about those kind of numbers and the cost is a thing some people you will really want to go and see every concert of your favorite singer but you can't afford to and that's just the way it is and it's not a reflection on you or your work or anything like that but then if we get into the real nitty-gritty I suppose when I was starting out the subscription the first thing I started with was the types of benefits that I was going to offer so I live in Ireland everything is international postage is insane as Amelia mentioned it's getting worse so any book boxes or posting signed copies of books was like crazy prohibitively expensive immediately so I just had to scrap that even though I loved the idea of doing that just practically it just wasn't going to be a runner the tier would have to be crazy expensive and I just couldn't see anybody signing up for that the other thing is I don't have the time to dedicate a day a month or whatever it is to packing boxes and going to the post office and all that kind of stuff so that was gone straight away so again other people maybe have more flexibility they have uh, somebody who's there to help them no I'd be doing it all myself so I just said no it's just not going to work I knew volume wise that I am already posting three chapters per week so that's about 5,000 words so I know some people do really long chapters but I don't. So that's about 5,000 words a week. I knew I could do that. So one of the benefits I put into the lower tier is three chapters, but early access. So you're going to get those three chapters, but you're going to get them maybe two to three weeks ahead. So if you want to read on, you go and join the Patreon. To make that a little more enticing, I started a new story written exclusively on Patreon. So I'm careful with the language there. It's not completely exclusive to Patreon because I want to be able to obviously publish it wide once it is finished or up on other platforms, but it's being written exclusively on Patreon. And that was a big hit. I think that got a big boost of subscribers when I included that in. So again, that's a thousand extra words a week. So for me, that's very doable. Previously, I was doing four chapters a week. I know that I can manage that consistently without being up till two and three o'clock in the morning to meet these deadlines that I've set myself. So that is my lowest tier. When I was setting the pricing for that, I know what readers pay for that on serialized fiction sites. So I priced it at a comparable level. So it would seem like an easy switch for them, but they're getting the perk of this exclusive story. Easy win for them. Easy win for me because obviously I'm getting a much higher percentage. I'm getting 
80% or whatever it is versus 40 to 50% off the serialized fiction sites. Plus I'm getting that monthly. So even as Amelia said, instead of having to sell that every time I start a new book, I'm selling it once and hopefully they're with me then for the long haul. So that was my lowest tier and that proved popular. So I nobody's going to get a big influx of signups as soon as you start your subscription. So I hate to break that to anybody who thinks that will happen, but I definitely started to get a drip feed. Every time I mentioned that story somewhere, I would get another couple of people signing up interested about that. So if I put up a teaser on Instagram, I'll get a comment saying, oh, where can I read this? And I put up the link, that kind of thing. So that's how that took off. And then I waited. So I just waited to see how that worked. Was I comfortable with managing that? To be honest, there was no extra work in it. I was already posting those chapters. They were just going up there a few weeks ahead of time. That was fine. So then I added a second tier. And again, I needed to make sure that it was something that wasn't going to add a huge amount of workload to what I was already doing. So I added in an ebook, an early access ebook for all my new releases. So that's fine. That just goes in at the same time as the ARCs go out. They're like an extension of my ARC team. And to be honest, they're probably more likely to actually write a review. There's a lot of people that are on the ARC team because these are your super fans and chances are their reviews are going to be good. It's no problem. You're giving free books to people anyway. You add an extra few people in, they're going to leave you glowing reviews and then they have a copy for their uh, Kindle or whatever it is for later on. Great. Again, win-win, no extra work involved. And then the other thing that I added in for that tier was a monthly one-shot, a thousand words to 2000 words once a month. And what I tend to do with that is I'm quite strategic about the one shots that I will do. So typically I'll have something in my head that I want to repurpose it for. I'm going to be doing an anthology later in the year. So I put in a one shot and that's part of the short story that I'm going to be putting into an anthology. Or another one that I did recently was I have a character in one of my stories. He makes a tiny cameo, but everybody adores him. I He's a bear shifter. I apologize to anybody who does my paranormal romance, probably seems crazy, but he's a bear shifter who is basically a grumpy loner who barely spends any time as a human. He's like a homeless Jason Momoa or something. I don't know. Anyway, everybody loves him. They're obsessed with him getting his own book. So I did a one shot about a lumberjack and I just put in a throwaway comment at the bottom. This could be a scene from Bodhi's book if I ever get around to writing it. And I put a comment into a general update saying, oh, and the one shot that I did in tier two could be a sneak preview at Bodhi's book, something like that. And I got six people upgrade straight away because they were just I have to read that so even though that one shot is a little bit of extra work you can use it to your advantage and make bits of other projects that you have going on or even just a means I know Amelia does it for testing what stories resonate with people if it's a trope and everybody loves that one great then if it's something you were thinking of doing maybe then you put that ahead on your planner that's the next book I'm going to write so it was two tiers and then recently I've added a third tier so again trying to keep I'll say simple but I'm trying to be as effective with my time as I can so what I've added in there is backlist so access to my backlist in the highest tier again doesn't cost me anything set up the links people can download via book funnel great happy days they get to vote on the one shot so they get to pick what it's about a great perk they love that doesn't cost me any time or money and then they get one piece of bonus content a month and again I'm repurposing stuff that I have to do anyway so the one that's going to go up this month is the bonus epilogue for my next book that's releasing 
I will put that up as their bonus content that month. And then in a couple of months, it's going to be available in the back of my, or the link is going to be available in the back of my ebook as a reader magnet anyway. So again, it's something that I have to do. I do it a bit early so that they get access to it, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. So it's not, again, costing me any time or any extra money, yet there are people in those tiers that are delighted to see that ahead of time. And it's great. So that is what I have done in terms of my tiers. No physical goods. As much as possible, I put in content that I can repurpose at a later date or is something that I need to do anyway. And I'm just doing it a bit earlier. And then I can use it again, as I said, reader magnet, put it into my newsletter, sneak peek as marketing material, or it is a scene or a start to a new book that I'm planning. So in that way, it's the lazy way of doing a subscription, but I think it's just being strategic and trying to just be really protective of your time because I could spend all day packing boxes and I could charge a lot maybe for that subscription but I don't have that time and so that's the way that I am essentially doing it I think what else is the next thing that I was going to do so yeah keeping readers engaged so where I am focusing on getting new subscribers in I also am trying to make sure that I can hang on to the ones that I have so as Emilia mentioned, a big part of it is keeping hold of who you are and making sure that making sure that readers really feel seen within the group. So outside of doing all of those things, I'll do random posts where I might ask for people to give me name suggestions for character or for a bar or they picked the town and the bar in my latest story. And they love that. And it, there's a bit of chat on the back of it. Another thing that I do is I have a book club, which basically I picked three books from my TBR list, ask them to pick one. And then it's like a buddy. It's like a giant buddy read. And people will put in comments as they're reading it. So again, these are all things to get them chatting to each other. And it doesn't take very much time or any money. And readers are loving it and it just keeps them engaged and they just really feel like this is like a little club that they're in, a little kind of home for them. And it's all people like them who are reading crazy paranormal romance. And so the book recommendations that they get are going to appeal to them, much like in your Facebook group. If you can get a Facebook group going and people are talking to each other, that's the dream. And that is what happens in the comment sections of the subscriptions if you can get it going and if you can pop in and out and add contributions that is hopefully where it takes off and then everybody is talking to everybody's talking to each other and you don't need to be there the whole time I know scheduling is one thing that people have said oh how do we manage the scheduling I've again kept it really straightforward within my tiers so everybody gets x so that's my work in progress chapters everybody gets that they all get it at the same time I don't need a spreadsheet if I'm putting up chapter one of a book it's going everywhere if I am doing a one shot it's going to tiers two and three they both get at the same time just have to deselect whichever tier the first tier if I'm doing bonus content it just goes to tier three that's it that's as complicated as it is so there's no spreadsheets for this tier gets it in two weeks time, this tier gets it in a month, this tier gets it in two months. If it was bigger, and if I again had maybe a PA or somebody who could be doing it for me, or if you're just maybe that way inclined and you're able to, to keep it all straight in your head. But for me, the easiest way was to just go, okay, everybody gets everything at the same time, but only some people get certain extra benefits and that's kept it really easy for me to manage I don't need to put much thought into it uh, other than picking which tier something goes into as I post the way to keep readers engaged I know Amelia mentioned this on her call and it's always a thing that people say cliffhangers everybody loves to hate them but it definitely 
really works for me everywhere really mean with the cliffhangers but it does work and I have definitely seen spikes in my subscriptions where I have done I did an awful one there about a month ago it was like I felt mean and then I put up a post on Instagram afterwards saying sorry not sorry but if you don't want to wait till Tuesday to see what happens the next 10 chapters are available on Patreon. I think I got six six signups within the next kind of 24 hours. So people, I know people have a thing about cliffhangers and that everybody gives out. But actually, if you think of your own TV shows, like the ones that I am, like I have to see this when the next chapter comes out are the ones that leave nasty cliffhangers. And that's what keeps you going back for more because you just have to see what happens next. And then the other thing would be those little extras like the TBRs and just getting people chatting to each other. So I would really recommend that. And what will happen is, and it's happened to me, it's only starting now, is that people will then talk about it in Facebook groups or on Instagram. I might make a post recommending a book and somebody will go, oh, we read that on as part of our like Patreon last month. That was so good. I read the whole series. And just those little mentions just keeps planting the seed in people's minds or I might mention a book and they'll go oh I love that cover because I've done the cover reveal in Patreon already and people will ask them oh I didn't see the cover where's the cover and then if you tell them they might go and find it so I think that probably is the key to driving people coming across those subtle mentions where you say oh look if you want to read ahead come and find me here I know I'm starting this new story. It's not going to be on. I've put the pre-order up. It's not going to be available for three months. But if you want to read it now, go over to my Ream or my Patreon and it's available there. And they can go and find it that way. Rather than, I think, the no launch was my strategy. I think bells and whistles, putting posts up everywhere. My subscription is available now. People aren't going to just dive in and get 100 signups on the first day. Maybe if you are huge and you have a big following, there's loads of people who are going to just jump on it. But for most of us, it's going to be a drip feed. And there is going to be that awkward period where you have one subscriber and you're saying, hi, guys. And actually, you know, there's just you and Angela, but you have to pretend. Yeah, there is going to be that time where you're like, oh, gosh is this a good idea? But you won't know until you start it, but then you'll see that steady drip feed. So I wouldn't get overly caught up in the perfect marketing materials, the perfect pictures for the tops of your tiers. You want it to look professional. You don't want to look like it's been slapped together, but for example, you can use cover art that you already have or graphics that you might've already used elsewhere in your book promos and repurpose those for Ream or for Patreon or wherever you are putting up your subscription. Make it easy on yourself. I didn't have fancy tier names. And then I let my patrons pick the tier names, give me some suggestions. And we went from there. So it doesn't have to be, you can tweak it as you go along. It doesn't have to be this huge, big, scary launch. And if you don't get immediately a load of signups, that it's a disaster. You, you just have to persevere and keep going with it. And if after a while something isn't happening, then you can worry about that. But just go for it and try not to worry about it too much and see what happens. So I put up a post there during the week asking about some of the biggest concerns that people have when they are starting out. So I'm going to go through some of those. And it's everybody has the same ones. None of this is going to be a shock, I think, to anybody. First, nobody's going to sign up or that only a couple of people are going to sign up and you have set up this thing and you're going to have to keep delivering because you made a promise, but there's only two people and all the rest of it. So I think if nobody does sign up, it's not the end of the world. It probably just tells you that something needs to be changed. If you've given it a decent amount of time, I think it's probably either benefits aren't appealing, maybe the price is off, something like that. But I would say, bring it back to the group. Ask for feedback from others who are doing well and just go from there. It doesn't have to be 
all or nothing, that if you don't immediately get a load of people signing up, that it's done, you know, that you have to cancel the subscription. You Maybe you need to go in and offer another lower tier. Maybe the benefits, I've heard people say audio is a tough sell on the subscriptions. Maybe there needs to be something else in there that people are going to buy into. But I would say pop something into the group, ask people if they're willing to go and have a look and give you some advice. But I wouldn't stress about it too much if it doesn't kick off immediately. It might also be down to the messaging. Have you actually asked anybody to sign up? Sometimes we're great for going, look, this is something that I've started. And then that's it. Maybe you have to actually put in a call to action. Come and take a look. Try it out. You can cancel at any time. Sign up for a month and see what you think. Something like that. You're not knocking people over the head with it. But have you actually asked them to sign up or have you just told them what you're doing? Sometimes you actually have to say, this is what, you know, I would love you guys to come over and sign up and have a look if you can. How much content to pre-write? This is too hard. This is too dependent on who you are. I'm a panster. I don't know where the story is going to end up. I have a loose outline. It never looks anything like the story by the end of it. I am generally happy to have, say, a third of the story written so that I know that, okay, yeah, it's a solid story. I'm happy I know where it's going to go. And I have enough of a buffer there in case something comes up, emergency, and I'm not going to be able to write anything for a few weeks. Other people can't cope with that at all. And they want the entire story written, finished. They don't like the idea of ever of having something coming up or maybe wishing that they had changed something at the start. So it's going to be completely down to you what you're comfortable with. I would just say, make sure you do have some kind of a buffer there because things happen and people are understanding, but consistency is going to be a big part of building that trust and making making people confident that you're going to deliver on what you said you're going to deliver. So have some kind of a buffer there also just for yourself, for your mental health, so that you're not completely stressing about, oh my God, it's six o'clock and I have to get a chapter out by 10 o'clock this evening and I don't know what's going to happen. That's not going to be good for anybody, but it's going to be whatever you are comfortable with. How to schedule the releases. I already touched on that. Make it as simple as you can. Doesn't have to be multiple different releases for the same piece of work. Maybe you just put it in everywhere at the same time, but you limit what tiers it goes into. It's up to you and how comfortable you are with setting all that kind of stuff up, but you can keep it easy. Pricing too high or too low. Again, I know, Michael, you have a pricing calculator. You can look at that. It's going to be individual. Some people want 10 high paying subscribers and they're happy to build that small little club and interact with them. Maybe you want as many people as possible to build a community and you're willing to price a little lower. It's like any pricing decision, any product, any retailer, you know, what, how do you set it? If you feel that you have priced something too high, you can always add in an extra benefit to make it seem like better value for money. You can slot in a lower tier then that offered the previous benefits, something like that. If you think you've priced too low and you're nervous about taking that away, just limit the number of people in that tier. You can just say, these are my OGs. They got a benefit for being the first people across. So those 20, 50 subscribers get it for $3 a month. And then I'm going to set up a new tier and they get the same benefits for five. But I think the main thing to learn there is to start with a simple tiering strategy so that you don't have 10 tiers and all this pricing. And then if you decide it's wrong, it's going to be a nightmare to change it all. Now, if you start with two or three tiers, it's easier to tweak that and to tweak the benefits. So start simple, start small, and you can always add stuff on as you go. That would be my advice there. And then the other one, why would somebody pay me $10 a month to read two bonus chapters or whatever it is? But I think we just all have this tendency to undervalue what we do and to not really 
accept that people are really interested in what we're doing. If they're even clicking on the link to go and take a look at your Ream or your Patreon or your Substack or whatever it is, they're interested. They probably come from your Facebook group. They've come from your Instagram. They've come from your newsletter. They already are reading your stuff. These are not going to be cold leads. These are people who know what you're about and are interested in finding out more. You deserve to be paid for extra work in the same way as if you're thinking about a musician, you would never question why you pay more for a concert ticket or for a special edition record versus downloading music on the internet. And likewise, you would never question the price that they would charge for VIP backstage access. You might not be able to afford it, but you can appreciate that it is worth that extra money. And I think you have to think about it like that. And look, if people are willing to pay it to other authors, there's no reason why if people are buying your books, they wouldn't also be willing to pay a little bit more to see some extra content of yours. I think, yeah, you just have to accept it and accept the proof when you set it up and see people coming across. And the other one that was mentioned was cannibalizing sales from Amazon or from elsewhere and that affecting your rankings. And I think if you're in that position that you have enough people subscribing to your site that it is going to affect your Amazon rankings, you're not going to care about your Amazon rankings because you're going to be making more money on your subscription. So I think that's probably a misconception and they're going to be paying you monthly instead of paying you on a one-off basis. So for argument's sake, if somebody is giving you $10 a month, $120 a year versus buying three books on Amazon, like the math's pretty simple. And I think for most of us, I hate it's a crass term, but bank over rank, I'm not particularly concerned about the rank. Uh, I'm more interested in developing loyal readers and followers. And that is definitely going to happen more so in your subscription. So yeah, I think if you have a hundred people coming to your subscription and you're not getting those sales on Amazon, you're not going to care because you're going to be making more money and have more loyal readers and fans in the long term. So I, I think it's a non-problem, but people get caught up in it. And then, yeah, so I think for all those reasons, I would say, yeah, everybody has concerns, everybody has fears about it. Do it anyway. You're never going to have answers to all of those questions that are set in stone. Everybody's subscription looks different. That's what's brilliant about it. You can completely tailor it. You're not going to do it until you, you're not going to know until you just do it. Um, and the community aspect of it is amazing. And I think particularly for people who maybe haven't come from a serialized fiction background, you might be surprised at how much fun that can actually be. So I would say, yeah, just give it a shot. Also, as I said, you've got a built-in group of beta and ARC readers. You know, some people pay for ARC services to go out and find them 50 reviewers or whatever it is. And you have a ready-made team there. I think I listened to a Brit Andrews podcast before. I think people actually pay her to do ARC reads now. I'm really interested in her, her talk later on where she's actually charging people basically to do ARC reads. So I think that side of it is great because these people, if you ask them to go and leave a rating or review, chances are they will. Also for testing story ideas, for testing what kind of merch people might be interested in if you're in that direct sales space, because if these, if your subscribers don't like it, nobody will. So this is a great place to see what will sell and wouldn't sell if you were going down that direct sales route. And also another diversified income stream. So now my subscription is another source of five-figure income for me that I didn't have before, that I'm not reliant on my ranking or getting a promotion or whatever in retailer. So it's fantastic. And again, we hear horror stories about Amazon and how your account can just be shut down if you're completely reliant on them. That's horrifying. So I think, yeah, as many ways of bringing income and readers in is just fantastic. The last piece, I think, yeah, being realistic about what to expect when it goes live. It's not going to be a big bang unless you're 
have a really big following and lots of people who are just itching for this. I think more realistic is just to expect a drip feed. But for me, that was great because it made sure that I could tweak it as I went along, be comfortable. There wasn't this pressure of, oh my gosh, I've only just started this thing and now I have a hundred people there. And I need to make sure that everything that I put up, everybody loves, everybody wants to see. You can change it as you go, ask people what they want more of, what they liked, didn't like, and change it as you go. So it's that kind of soft launch approach where if something goes horribly wrong, it's not such a big deal. You can just learn as you go and keep growing it from there. So I think that probably covers off everything. I've had a really great experience with setting it up. And I must say the subscriptions for authors group is a wealth of information and a wealth of supporting authors who will gladly help and share their pages for you to go in and have a look. So I found it a great experience. And I think just think positive, keep it small, keep it simple and go for it. So I think that's probably all the points I want to go through. So maybe we'll open up for questions and answers. That sounds great. We'll definitely get into that. And I just want to say first that one, that was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And I can see a lot of you are on the document already, but I'm going to just put in the chat, like Reese's slides. She's a boss and didn't need slides to present, but if y'all want to check them out, she sent them in and would love for y'all to see them. They're very pretty and go over everything you just talked about. But we've got actually a lot of questions, a lot of really good okay. questions. We're going to dive into them. And I want to first ask you, Tessa, back in the beginning, when you were talking about your different kind of funnels into your subscription, yes. uh, the question about Radish, how do you funnel Radish fans specifically to your subscription, especially because okay. they're already paying on Radish, right? Yeah. So with, I'm essentially trying to drive people. So with Radish or I have books on Good Novel as well, anywhere where it's obviously going to be against terms and conditions to be posting up a link to your Patreon account. That's, it's just not a nice thing to do. So I would tend to direct people towards my Instagram. So I'm trying to get as many people from there to either sign up to my newsletter or my Instagram for updates. And they will then see information on my subscription from there. So I'm not hard selling at the end of my chapters, but I will try and push people towards Instagram. And I might put in once every now and again, if somebody asks me a question. <clears throat> so there's a good question on comments facility on Radish. And somebody might put in, oh my God, this is torture, only getting a chapter every three days or something. And I might put in a comment, check out my social media and you can find out where you can read ahead. Something like that. But I don't do it very often. And I try to just, yeah, and same, bring people into the newsletter and then I'll mention it in the newsletter that they can read ahead on Patreon. So I do it that way. That's awesome. That's, I think, really helpful for people. And mm. I want to quickly answer a question about are there examples of short story collections doing well in subscriptions? I'm just going to link to someone's subscription, Shannon McGuire. They have one mainly focused on short stories. There's quite a few other examples. And if y'all want to see examples, different authors who've done well in subscriptions, I recommend checking out the top 500 fiction authors in subscriptions for 2022. It's not like exactly like the top list. There's probably some authors missing. And certainly we're in 2023 now. So there's plenty of authors who continue to do well. But I would check this list out for inspiration because... I would say a plurality to maybe 50-ish percent of authors are primarily serial fiction subscriptions. Maybe it's close to 60%, but there's a lot of authors doing well who aren't serial fiction focused and that's only continuing to pick up. And we'll hear from yeah. some of them. But yeah, exactly. Britt Andrews is a perfect example there. Yeah, Britt's yeah. great. She's speaking in yeah. hours. And I saw a comment coming up saying, you can't ask people to pay for ARCs. Like she's not literally saying pay for, she'll explain it, I'm sure when she comes on. But it's just a very clever way that she has set up her subscriptions and she'll explain it better. But in practice, people are just paying for that early access and it's a great way of doing it. Yeah. So Shelby Lee asked a really interesting question. I think it's a good one, which is roughly what percentage of actual subscribers interact? And I guess if you have a rough estimate, even what oh, that would be for you. I'm going to say 20%, I think. I'll see a lot more likes. So I might put up a, I put up a new chapter 
I can tell you straight off the top of my head who the first five people commenting yeah. are going to be. Yeah. They're on that email as soon as they open it. I love them. It's brilliant. I'll get a lot of likes. So I'll know it's been read by lots of people. But you're always going to have that probably 50% who just read in the background. Don't really want to engage. They're just happy to get the content. And that's it. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, probably 20% of people who will comment and dip in and out of conversations. That's, I think, really good when people are setting expectation, like just because they're mm-hmm. a paying subscriber does not mean they're going to interact with you. Most still won't. I think yeah. that. that's just how they choose to yeah. interact with your work. They don't interact publicly. Yeah, exactly. And even, and in the higher tiers, there's probably a higher percentage. The people who are willing to pay $15 or whatever it is, chances are they're more engaged and maybe more likely to comment but not all of them. Some of them are still just quietly in the background, enjoying what you're putting out and that's good enough for them. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful to hear. So there's a question that I think is really interesting from October, which is about, you mentioned that you have a corporate job and that made her assume that you're maybe not a full-time author. What would it take for you to be a full-time author? Uh, getting out of my corporate job. So I am essentially caught up in a project that was supposed to be finished. Uh, I think I was saying to you, Michael, I wanted to be finished before November so that I could go to 20 Books to 50K in Vegas as a full-time author. But it has been extended. And to be blunt, I'm in quite a good job. And while I can do both, it suits me to do that. And I am the type of person that is a good, if I'm doing something, I'm going to do it properly. So I'll see it out to the end. But in a way, it's good that I know that there is an end to that piece of work because I don't know how people make the decision on when to pull the plug. So I have an end date. It's not ideal that it's moved, but I just don't start the next thing rather than actually having to walk in somewhere and hand in my notice, which is a much more difficult decision. So hopefully this time next year, I'll be a full-time author by default because I won't have a job to go to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Another question we have is to clarify. So when you did a lower cost tier at first, Mm -hmm. was that just early access? And then did you expand into other tiers from there? So it was early, just, yeah, so it was early access. So three weeks ahead on the current work in progress that I was posting on or was going to be posting on Radish and one extra chapter a week of a new story that wasn't going to be posted on Radish or anywhere else. Okay. So that was the carrot, really. They were priced comparably. So early access was the little bit of incentive, but probably the chapter of the new story that they weren't going to get for a good while was the real clincher there I think yeah that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense another one we have is in Ireland which is not part of the UK but the UK Royal Merrill has a special printed paper rate and they're wondering if perhaps Ireland may have one as well that you may not be aware of no you do get a cheaper rate for posting books but it is still like $25 to post a book to the states yeah I know it's expensive within the United States there's obviously Within, you have to be sending as a United States location to somewhere else in the U.S., there's media mail, which can help. But you also have to be very careful about putting anything promotional inside of there. Okay. Yeah. In in the U.S. So that's for a lot of our authors who are U.S.-based. This is also a really interesting question from Rick. I really like it, which is basically talking about how he has a a Lit RPG series, an 11-book series. And if he could make subscriptions work, he would drop them on Riemann Railroad. But they've done well on Amazon. And- Mm. That he's just wondering, what do you think about unpublishing existing content? So unpublishing it and then publishing yeah. it. Basically, he's asking, should I go all in on the subscription model? Is that is that advice you'd give to people? Should you go all in on subscriptions or can you do both? Oh gosh, I don't know. I would be reluctant to tell somebody to take something yeah. down that's already published. I mean, you can certainly add that in add your backlist in as a major selling point for setting up your tiers. If you have 11 books, 
books, you could put, I don't know if they're all in the one series, but if, say they were split across two series, you could have, if you have a trilogy, put that into tier one as one of the benefits, and maybe you get all 11 if you sign into the higher tier, something like that. And then your key perk on top of that is early access to your next story or an exclusive story, something like that. So I would use them to boost the content that you have available. But I don't know about taking it down. If you were doing some kind of a relaunch and a rebrand and new covers or something like that, maybe, I suppose it depends on how well it's selling and what your thoughts are on that. And obviously if it's Kindle Unlimited, whatever restrictions there are around that, I'm not KU. So I'm always really afraid of telling anybody what to do with KU books in case it gets them into trouble. But yeah, I think that's one, I'm not sure that I can answer that, but yeah. No, I think that's a great answer. I'll just say like my thoughts quickly, because I do have a thought in it, which is you should really do both. I think it's thinking about subscriptions wrong to think that subscriptions is the only thing that you can do or that it's even competing with retailers. It's completely separate. Like your subscription, like if you have a funnel of up at the top are people who don't know you, somewhere in the middle are people who know you and maybe once in a while buy your books. Then there's the people who always buy your books. Then there's the super fans, right? They're at the bottom. The subscription is the one thing you can do that can service your super fans. On the retailers, everyone gets the same experience. Everyone has this sort of, has to pay the same amount. It's, it's something that has to be attractive to both casual fans and super fans. And the subscription is a space where you can get a smaller portion of your audience, right? Not everyone who buys your book is going to be in your subscription, but go deeper with them and ultimately make more money from that portion of your audience. And that can be a really big deal for a lot of authors. So I wouldn't think of it as an either or thing. Now, when thinking about publishing, you might want to just change around how you do your schedule for it. Maybe you publish things first, right? to the subscription, to the super fans, and then it goes out elsewhere. That's the, yeah. the concept of early access. But yeah, no, no one should be taking their books off of, of Amazon at this point for to, to just have a subscription. I would want to see that you're making really good money on your subscription before you choose to do that. And even if you were to do that, I don't see the benefit of it because you still have to find a way to find new readers, get casual readers and turn them into super fans. Because even if you're making, I don't know, $10,000 a month in your subscription, this sounds morbid, but eventually those readers won't exist anymore. They'll be in the story world forever. So you always need to find new readers, right? That's an essential part of this. But let's go to another question. We have a question in the chat, I think a more clarification, which is, did you say that you can place an entire backlist series into a tier and say offer it into $10 less than your bundle and offer that? So what are you thinking about like backlist and subscription? In my highest tier, so I only have three tiers. In my top tier, I have my backlist store so I'm publishing book five on my wolf shifter series in a few weeks time the four books prior to that and a spin-off novella are all in there so there's links for subscribers to that tier to download via book funnel those books as part of their yeah once as soon as they go in I don't put any kind of a time limit on it so as soon as they go in they can go in and download those books straight away got it got it no that makes a lot of so sense. you can choose whether to put a whole series in one book whatever it is yeah i love it we're down to our last question of okay. session from october which is basically it seems like you were and amelia our other speakers we've had so far today were already established on wattpad and radish before maybe you launch your subscription and with that like how does your subscription fit into your strategy, especially if you're first starting out? Like if you're first starting out as an author, you might not have a fan base on Wattpad yet, mm. especially trying to get started the stress-free way. Should I be stressing yeah. about questions on day one? So I would just say it's probably a core part of the infrastructure that you should have in place as you start. But maybe your expectations on how many people are going to sign up and how quickly it's going to take off should be slightly lower. So I would not compare myself and Amelia and our, our following on Wattpad even remotely. Okay. So I think Amelia has 40,000 followers or something on Wattpad. And I think I have a thousand. So it's not even close to being in the same league, but I did 
try and get as many of those people to follow me across to Instagram as I could. And I definitely know that some of those are my core readers and are definitely part of the subscription. If I had the subscription day one, maybe I wouldn't have had to drag them from Wattpad to Instagram to Radish, whatever. They would have just gone from Wattpad straight to the subscription. So I might not have 100 followers in 100 days. But if you have that as an option initially, those people can go there. It might be at a slower pace, but they can still go there. So like your newsletter, set it up. It's going to take a while to build, but why not have it in place and running away in the background? And if you can get people to come across to there, that is like core ownership of that customer, of that reader that you won't get anywhere else. I'm having, I had to convert people to Instagram or to Radish or wherever they followed me to, and then convert them again into a subscription where if I'd had that set up day one, they could have just come straight across to the subscription and then they're a core fan. That's a really- So that would be my advice. And it doesn't cost you anything to set it up. So it's not like you're paying big bucks to develop this yourself. It's with Ream, you're paying a percentage. If it doesn't take off, the percentage is a percentage of a small amount. And you can just have it running in the background and it'll keep building, hopefully, as your following builds. It's great advice. I'm so grateful we had an hour with you, Reese. This was such an amazing time. No this was getting started with your description, the stress-free way. I already feel like just so much settled after because the first session was like, oh wow, the six-year description author session. How are we going to get there? Now we want to start. And in our next session, we're going to learn all about building super fans and putting your readers first with Christopher Hopper. It's going to be, I'm so excited for all the sessions today, but Reese, this is truly incredible. I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching this session of the Subscriptions for Authors Summit. Now, you may want to learn more about subscriptions. And in that case, I recommend watching all the other sessions in this summit. They're linked down in a playlist below. But I also want to share with you all the other amazing resources we have as part of Subscriptions for Authors. First, we have the Facebook group. You've probably heard it talked a lot about during the summit, but if you're not a part of it yet, you can join totally for free the link down in the description at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors. There's over 2,300 fellow subscription authors in there and now a bunch of spin-off groups based on specific genres that will help you start and grow your subscription as an author. In addition, we also have for a very limited time the founding cohort of the six-figure subscription author accelerator. It's the first link down in the comments. It's open till May 31st and it's an amazing premium course plus group mentorship that me and Amelia have set up. It has over 10 hours of video, and then has four group mentorship sessions where you'll be paired with a coach and fellow teammates who will take you through starting and growing your subscription with the goal of taking you at the beginning of the summit, whether you've started your subscription or not, to then being able to grow your subscription, get your first paid subscribers, and hopefully grow your subscription to the point that one day you can be a six-figure subscription author. It's a really, really exciting opportunity. And me and Amelia are super excited to share that with you, especially if you're very serious about growing your subscription. It can be a great opportunity if you're a very serious author who wants to go and do that. But if you're maybe not ready for the accelerator, no worries, because we have a lot of other opportunities, a ton of free resources we put online. On this very YouTube channel, there's like 30 podcast episodes out, and we have a ton more releasing soon. We have like 10 more films that we're going to be releasing in the coming weeks. In addition, we have a free book called The Descriptions for Authors Starter Guide, which condenses a lot of the amazing insights you heard today throughout these sessions and gives them in a very streamlined fashion, a step-by-step -step guide into how you can start your subscription. You can download that book totally for free by signing up for our mailing list at the link in the description. And then lastly, we also have Fireside Chats. I will link down to the playlist of that as well. Those are free webinars that we do about very key topics and subscriptions. So those are really, really fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, we are dedicated to putting a ton of resources out there for you to have a successful subscription. Not only that, but we also built a platform specifically made for fiction authors to be successful in subscriptions, which is called Ream. You can think about it like the Shopify meets Patreon, meets a Facebook group, meets Wattpad all in one. But the whole goal is to help you turn your fans into 
customers of yours directly that pay you monthly. It's a really awesome platform and you can check it out in the link below in the description as well. Yes, there's a lot of links, there's a lot of things going on, but odds are if you're watching this summit, you wanna dive deeper into your subscription, so you want to give you everything in one place. And in fact, if you wanna get all of our links in one place, we have the Ream link tree. That'll be the second link down in the comments. The Ream link tree literally has everything in there. So if you ever want any information on anything in subscriptions, all of it's in the link tree. And it's a pretty great place. I'll see y'all soon. Thank you for being a part of this summit. You all the best. Have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, Storytellers rule the world.